This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. We've talked for years. Yeah. In the city, in this league, everywhere, that the NFL football games are close in the fourth quarter. And right. it's the teams that have the quarterbacks that consistently make plays happen in the fourth quarter that win consistently and that are that are the the the, the teams that sustain success. Right. And he, here we have a, a a situation in Cleveland that I just described is less than suboptimal, right? Like if if Justin Fields was playing behind that offensive line and had that group of, of playmakers, the no excuses tour would have never got the buses out of the station to start no, the year. I, I, it would have been every excuse possible. Yeah. Somehow he threw for 212 yards and let a comeback where the Browns outscored the bears 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter and won a football game that they absolutely had to win. But you, are you ready for the Justin numbers or do you want to retort to that? Well, a real quick point on that is that basically what that says to a lot of people who can choose to hear it or not, most people are covering their ears. No, no, but, I, I, and I'll push back on that in a minute. But I, I, I think there are a lot of people covering their ears. But I think the people that are trying to actively understand what's going on are succeeding. They're just quiet. Okay, actively understanding what's going on is the the stay with the analogy. The, the no excuses tour is, is coming to a close, and and there will be no need for an encore because they're you know you're running out. I mean, the the, the what, what yesterday those numbers are are damning to Justin Fields. And I think when you talk about what Joe Flacco has done, doing more with less, then you just don't see that in Chicago. You haven't seen that in 35 NFL starts for Justin Fields. And as much as you want to pull for the kid, the young man, because he is everything you want in an NFL quarterback intangibly. He is everything you want in a competitor and a leader and a representative of your organization and city. But – in an NFL quarterback, I just think we have seen enough, and I'm coming to that conclusion, you know, grudgingly, but I think acceptingly because there's really no other smart conclusion to reach. There are 35 starts. 
the body of evidence is massive at this point. There are possibility of three more down the stretch of the season. Although I heard you on Monday morning on Molly Haw entertaining the possibility from your producer that they may shut him down and, and, and try to protect the trade value of Justin Fields. We need to get to that. Court, and we'll get to that. I want to run that by you. But I, I, Sunday was without question a gotta have it game that included so many gotta have it moments and the bears didn't have any of it four for 18 on third downs fourth quarter. They had five possessions end in the fourth quarter, including the one that we mentioned that ended with the fourth and one trip up. They didn't score a single point. Justin Fields fourth quarter rating this season as a passer is 55.3 for his career. It's 62.4. If you want some context to that, David, I went back over the last eight or nine seasons. And if you want to just get into the top 10, of the league in fourth quarter passer rating. You need to have a rating in the mid to high 90s, sometimes in the low 100s to crack the top 10, just to be a top 10 quarterback in a given season in fourth quarter passer rating. Justin Fields is down at 62.4 for his career, 55.3 for the season. He's three for 23 in his career when taking over a drive with eight minutes or less to go in the game with a chance to tie the game or put the bears ahead three for 23. He has 18 fourth quarter turnovers. He's been sacked 32 times in the fourth quarter. I mean, these are all signs that point you to the conclusion that the quarterback you have isn't equipped to win games when games are there to be won. Sunday was the latest example in a large body of examples. The intelligent conversation is able to process that and understand that as likable as he is, and probably one of the most difficult parts of of being on a beat like this is having to criticize and sometimes harshly criticize people that you truly admire and that you truly like. But the, the, the work is the work, and the body of evidence is the body of evidence. And Ryan Poles is going to look at this through a magnifying glass, through a microscope, and he's going to see the stains on that resume and go, how could I possibly stay the course with a quarterback who so many times has had the game on the line and failed to lead his team to a victory? I think you're exactly right, and I think that's pretty well put. And, and there's really no agenda here. There, there's not really any agenda in trying to displace somebody from a job or or compel, you know, a, an organization to move on from anybody because it is difficult, but the truth sometimes does hurt. And I think you're exactly right. Now we can say that and and you know to anticipate to anticipate counter arguments. Yeah, you know, I mean there are extenuating circumstances. Has has the game plan, has the 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 scheme always done an, uh, a good job of, of taking advantage of his skill set. Probably not. I think we can also agree on that, that Luke Getze has not had a great year himself, especially when it no comes disagreement. to tailoring, you know, some things around Justin Fields skill set. It took him too long to maybe do that. Maybe it had something to do with that day where he said, you know, he was too robotic or not. That's kind of beside the point, but yeah, you can accept the fact that coaching could have been better. You can accept the fact that for the first you know, season and a half, two seasons, he didn't have the adequate rep weaponry around him. Yep. Um, you can accept a lot of things that sound like excuses or sound like contributing factors. But I think that when you look at some of the other things around the NFL, Flacco being the latest <laughs> example, it can't always be perfect. It's sitting right in front of you there. 212 passing yards behind a patchwork offensive line with a mediocre group of, of skills players. What or, happens or is average, that, maybe I'll say the, average just to the, pay proper respect to David and Joel. Yeah. The, the, the quarterback, the quarterback who succeeds in the NFL are the passers who can put the ball where they want on a postage stamp the way that Joe Flacco did on the 51 yarder to Amari Cooper. You throw to a spot and you know the receiver is going to be there. Those are the guys that win. Those are the guys that you want. I don't think that we've seen consistently enough Justin Fields be that guy. 
he can't really do more with less. If you have to have a perfect situation on the line, around him, in the backfield, for in the play caller, in the booth, for him to succeed, you're going to be waiting forever for something that's never going to arrive. So you are here after 35 starts, and I think that you don't have to make a decision until you make a decision, but I would think that if I were asked today and asked to check a box, mine, mine's made. I mean, I think you have to move on. You have to be prepared to um, move on. And whatever you do in the next three games, I think. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's, this is where we bring to that, that next kind of seemingly very un-me, outside-the-box kind of idea. But I do wonder, if, you, if, you're, if you're committed to moving on, then... What do you do over the next three games that reflects that? And if sitting Justin Fields out to, to preserve his trade value is the best method to do that, I at least would have the conversation. I don't know that I would come to that conclusion, but I would want to hear what other people have to say in my organization. Yeah, I, my knee-jerk reaction to the premise was like, oh, come on, are we doing this? And then the, the, the second thought is, okay, I, I get it. You know, I get it. If, if you have made up your mind. Now, listen, it would be a hard decision to announce publicly because it would tell the the world that you're not willing to have your mind changed in the final three games and that you're now just protecting a trade asset rather than trying to give a, a, a guy who's given you everything he's had an opportunity to, to finish his argument, you know? And so it'd be a really difficult decision to justify. It would be a harder decision to explain publicly on, on what you're doing. Now, and obviously you could say, Justin came out of the Browns game, his shoulder is a little dinged up. You know, we sent him for some tests and I don't think he's going to be able to go this week and we're back to Tyson time. Right. Um, but man, it's just it, it, like, I, David, like I, I just, I can't get over the idea that probably the most uncomfortable thing to come out of this entire bear season is coming to the realization that this quarterback who is just so gifted in so many ways isn't the answer. And I think it's just left a lot of people in an uneasy place that causes them to create alternative situations just to make themselves feel better. And I just feel like that's where we've arrived here the week before Christmas. Well, two things. I think the problem with the decision, if we go back to that for a moment, to, to sit Justin Fields, if they were to come to that conclusion, would be not so much with the credibility or, or the public aspect of it as much as it would be with the internal issues you might create in a locker room that, yeah. you know, th this is a very popular teammate and leader. And then if they make that decision and they, they act on that, you create maybe some problems that could be lingering into next year with some some key team leaders because a guy like DJ Moore, for example, goes on the Mullen Hall show on Monday morning and says, hey, Justin Fields is great. I don't know why anybody would doubt that. He's better than the two college quarterbacks coming out and we want him to stay. He, he, yeah. So you have to be you have to be careful about that. And and the other thing is that, you know, Dan, one of the reasons I think that people um, who are looking at this objectively, why it is difficult to to conclude you're moving on is because of the popularity of the player, you know, whether it's a fandom that is really rallied around him and has since he arrived, the excitement level was palpable um, during that yeah. stretch in, in last year. It was, you know, again, they were, they were celebrating the fact that he had arrived and it was premature, but that's a kind of 
fandom that and hysteria that he created when things were going well. Because it was intoxicating. Those feelings were yeah. intoxicating to people to feel that adrenaline rush. Look, Dave, there was another one of them on, on Sunday afternoon when the Bears finally finished off that oh-so-difficult one-yard touchdown drive with Fields escaping pressure from Miles Garrett, spinning out, using his athleticism to get around Zadarius Smith, flipping his hips, making a beautiful on-the-money throw to Cole Komet for a touchdown. And, and it, like to me, I said this in the press box after the game, David, that's one of those moments that if you were a casual observer of the Chicago Bears, you're sitting at home monitoring your NFL Sunday and you get a Fox NFL game break and they show you that highlight and you go, my God, this dude's a magician. Like right. who could possibly be wanting to, to turn the page from a, a kid that gifted to make those types of plays in those types of moments. And then you watch the entire body of work for three seasons and three training camps and, and, and all these fourth quarters that go awry. And you just go, I, I like There's just a huge sample size. Now I've teased it last week. I'm doing the, the ranking one through 35 of every start. Justin Fields has made for the Chicago bears. That'll be on Chicago at the end of the week. And, and that you just go through them all. And there's just so many, yeah, buts in there, you know? Yeah. But there was a late backbreaking pick six. Yeah. But the bears had the, the ball with a chance to go tie the game with a field goal and they stalled out short of midfield. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but, and it, and it just adds up to, to those who have followed it closely as, as a, a, a clear arrow in the direction that you need to turn. And it's painful. It's truly uncomfortable. And Ryan Poles, you know, like he's probably got a, a very, profound admiration of his own for, for who Justin is as a, a kid, as a leader, as a, a locker room hub of energy. And so to, to detach yourself emotionally from that, to make a decision like this is super difficult, but it is where we're at. And, and it's, it's going to be a very, very strange page flip with that. As I said last week, like this is a situation that the city has dreamed about to be sitting on the number one pick in a draft that has been looked forward to for years by people in the league, because they think that there's a, a specific talent in there that can be transcendent and take a, you know, average team and turn them into a perennial championship contender. Like the bears may be sitting feet away from, from their, their ultimate dream house. And yet, Packing the the, the the boxes and closing the door on the current house feels well, a little bit hard to do. Yeah, because it's it's melancholy, it's it's nostalgic. You know, it's it's a grief process if you want to go that far. That analogy, because you know Justin Fields moving on. There's there was an emotional attachment to him being a star on the rise, and if they do indeed move on from him, as I I don't think that's that's difficult a decision as we're making it out to be. I think we're trying to be sensitive to it. I think we're trying to be objective about it, uh, but I but I do think that from a very sobering reality football perspective, the bottom line when you go in the tape, yeah, that one touchdown, the biggest thing, the quickest impulse people wanted to tweet out and put on social media was Caleb Williams can't make that play, Drake May can't make that play. You know what? You're right, probably not, but that's one play, and they took 70 snaps. I think that. There's always going to be a couple of those plays like, okay, you can't coach special, you can't defend special. But uh, my sense is that when, you know, if we ever got Ryan Poles or Luke Getze, if people still trust <gasps> his opinion, shh, <laughs> to, to really like sit down over an hour and look at the cut ups of the tape that we see, you know, Justin Fields missing receivers or overthrowing receivers that are open. That would be something that they would they could probably do to make the case that, you know what, it is time to move on. And it's not as difficult of a decision when you see the things that we see when we break things down um, forensically, if you will. So I think that it's difficult because of the emotion invested, 
but I don't think it'd be as hard as we're making it out to be once you start to look at the football evidence. I sat on an airplane and then in my hotel room on Saturday night watching Jared Goff carve up the Broncos and 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 make throws to Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond, which were I, hey, it's a one-on-one matchup. I trust my guy. I'm going to put it in a spot where either guy can make a play on the ball and trust that my guy is going to be the guy that makes the play. I watched the game on Sunday, Bears-Browns, live at, at Cleveland Brown Stadium, and there were four or five uh, plays that I marked in my notebook and then rewatched on Monday where you've got – guys down the field, Darnell Mooney and, and DJ Moore in particular, and you just throw the ball in a place where nobody can make a play on it. And you go, well, look, like in the NFL, at some point you have to, to offer the opportunity for those guys to make a play, to put the ball where where they can make a play on it because they're paid a lot of money to do so. And, and there's just not a lot of instances of that either. And so, it, uh, look, like you also brought up at the end of last week the, the story that Charles Robinson wrote for Yahoo. Charles Robinson is a, a, a independent, you know, not attached to the Chicago Bears as a reporter, uh, talking to seven – general managers who are uh, uh, not emotionally affected by this decision, they all pointed in the same direction unanimously. And Charles basically said that he talked to, to three more after that story hit uh, print and, and only one of them gave any sort of pushback to the idea of pivoting off of fields and going in a new direction with the quarterback position. And so when, when, when you're just grounded and reasonable with, with what you're watching and what you're observing, uh, the conclusion becomes pretty obvious.